Welcome to the podcast for Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and tune in. Make sure to join us each Sunday at 9 on Facebook Live. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. in English and 11.45 in Spanish. Also, Celebrate Recovery meets each Monday night at 6.30. Is anybody at 9 o'clock happy that today is the greatest day in human history? Anybody excited about that today? Yeah. Some of, we even got a few polite woo in there, you know, not too crazy. I know. All right. Well, that's all right. Uh, it's so good to be with you today. I, I brought with me a, a little bit of uh, some lunch here. This is uh, my lunchbox. It's actually not mine. It's my son's, um, but he did let me borrow it today. Um, I, I want you to start with me this morning. I want you to think a little bit uh, with me about a lunchbox. Now, we've got four kids in our house, so we know a little something about packing some lunches. And I'm actually really excited to pack some more lunches because they're going back to school four days a week. I'm pretty, yeah. Now, some of you got more blessed by that than it's Resurrection Sunday. I'm a little confused there, but I kind of get it. Anyway, uh, but yeah, some of us like, woo, yeah, now I feel the blessing. My kids are going back to school. So, uh, but, but I remember the lunchbox for me is a little bit nostalgic. Maybe not for you, uh, but, but, but for me. So I was thinking a little bit uh, about my second grade lunch experience. And so here's kind of the anatomy of, in case you don't know, let me help you a little bit more. Uh, here's the anatomy of a lunch today. You've got kind of your, your basic, right? You've got your sandwich. You've got to have it. You know, as a kid, you don't, you crumble, you complain, but it's a basic component. If you're lucky, you get turkey maybe, PB&J, ham, uh, it's okay. Hope your mom doesn't give you bologna because when she does, I'm, I'm here to tell you. So I have a mom that loved sales. Everything had to be on sale. Even to this day, when we go at Christmas, before we open the gift, my mom has already told us what's in the gift and how much it costs. Some of you have someone like that in your family. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. That's who my mom was. So I guarantee you, whatever was in this was just on sale. So bologna, a pickled deli. I don't even know what the meat was, and I certainly don't know what the green and red specks were that were in the meat. That showed up there. I'm like, Mom, you are killing me here. But, but you know what I'm talking about, kind of your basic sandwich. And then oftentimes, uh, because, you know, you had to be healthy, there was some carrots, uh, some raisins. You, you didn't like this stuff, but you did what you had to do. You know what I'm saying? But then, then there came a point in the lunch where you get to the really good stuff, the premium items, if you know what I'm saying. Like, like maybe you were lucky like me and you get a pack of Doritos Maybe Doritos aren't your thing. Maybe you're more of a Cheeto person. Some of you think you're like old and can't eat Cheetos. You can, okay? It's still okay. You feel awful after eating them now, but you still can, right? So, so these would show up in your lunch. Pretty cool thing. And then if you were really lucky, your parents really loved you a lot, or maybe they didn't. I, I don't know how. But, but you would get to some of this other stuff. Like, come on, chocolate pudding. Some of you know. You don't have to refrigerate this. That's a little concerning to me. But hey, whatever. Uh, you got that? These things, man. This is like, I'm a, I'm a child of the 80s. So I remember in 80s the handy snacks and they're still making them that doesn't surprise me because I'm pretty sure this cheese substance here will never ever ever get old I'm pretty sure it will last for decades and I have no idea what it really is but it's like a thousand percent of your sodium content for the week but you would have these these are pretty cool I remember that come on some of you remember come on a fruit roll-up gushers 
come on, second grade, you would fight over God. You could throw down over a pack of Gushers. And then let's not forget to top it off the little Debbie cakes. Some of you, yeah, some of you wish you had some of these at your Easter meal today, right? Maybe I'll share later. I was packing this, and my, uh, my 12-year-old was looking. He's like, Dad, that looks really good. You know, he was like, one. I was like, maybe I'll share later. I don't know. Um, but, 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 and to top it all off, right, if you were really lucky, Mom and Dad sent you with one. I can't believe they still make this stuff. I can't believe it's still allowed. Sunny D. Some of you are nodding your head. You know what I'm talking about. This is not orange juice. It's called Sunny D. There's canola oil in this stuff. I'm just telling you, it's scary. But somehow, parents are still feeding it to their kids all these years later. So, so why do I tell you that story? Sometimes in second grade, you would get there, and maybe you didn't have as much. Maybe you were stuck with a sandwich and raisins. Maybe you had, but, but you would get, you get these ideas. So you come together around the table, and you would decide, I really want your fruit roll up. So look, 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 I'll give you my Doritos and my cookie for your fruit roll. You, you would propose a trade. Sometimes multiple people would get in on, okay? So we're going to put our Debbie cakes in there and the Cheetos, and, the, and we'll trade you for our fruit snacks and a Gushers and a cookie to be named later, right? We put it all together and we switch, right, right? And you'd propose a trade. It was a big deal in second grade. But there was one kid at my lunch table, Travis. Travis was everybody's favorite because he made bad trades, <laughs> He made bad trades. He liked bologna sandwiches like Travis did. So, so he would come up and be like, hey, Travis, I'll give you my uh, bologna sandwich and my raisins for your gushers. And he would do it, right? So he became real popular at my lunch table because he would do bad trades. Nobody should make that trade. Nobody should trade a, a bologna sandwich for a pack of gushers. No, that's a terrible, terrible trade. But that's actually what Easter is. Easter is a terrible, terrible trade. You see, today we're going to start a brand new series called Beauty for Ashes. And here's what we're going to do over these next few weeks together. We're going to talk about, it really begins on Easter, but we're going to talk about, we serve a God who makes an exchange, a beautiful exchange for us, but a terrible trade for him. And over these next few weeks, if you'll journey with us, we're going to talk a little bit more about what this means. Let me ask you this question today. What is the worst thing in your life right now? What, what's the worst thing? Some, some sickness, some brokenness, some despair, some loneliness, some heartbreak. God will trade you. He will trade you. That's what the message of this day, Resurrection Day, Easter is all about. We're going to be today in Isaiah chapter 61. If you would open your copy of scripture with me today, um, you might have your YouVersion Bible app. We set up an event there each and every week for people that use that. It's a great resource and tool that you can follow along with us throughout the week. But let's open up the scripture together today. In, in hundreds and hundreds of years, generations before Jesus ever came, ever showed up, uh, hundreds and hundreds of years before the very first Easter, Jesus was foretold. We knew about it. Before resurrection ever happened, we knew it was coming. And so we're going to read here in the book of Isaiah, chapter 61. And we're going to start in verse 1, and we'll stop a few times, because that's what I do to interrupt us and talk a little bit. But let's, let's open the word together this morning. It says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. For the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release and release from the darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
Now, as you're reading this, you may be thinking, what, what in the world does this have to do with Jesus? Well, these words, the prophet Isaiah is writing these words 700 years before Jesus, and he's writing them in the midst of a time of really, really high highs and really, really low lows in the midst of Israel's history. And what does this have to do with Jesus? Well, Jesus himself actually tells us. What does this have to do with the ministry of Jesus? We can actually go there. We're going to stay in Isaiah 61, but, but look with me for just a minute. Look with me at Luke chapter 4. We actually looked a few weeks ago at this passage together uh, for those of you that were here. And in Luke chapter 4, Jesus is beginning his ministry, and it says this. We'll have it on the screen. It says this, that Jesus went to Nazareth where he, he was brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. So he went into the synagogue, just like a, a, a good Jew would do, to worship, and he comes into the synagogue, and then it says, he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, and what you're about to read here is going to sound really, really, really familiar. So Jesus stands up, he pulls open the scroll of Isaiah, and what does he read? It reads, the spirit of the Lord is on me. The Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus intentionally, he's beginning his public ministry. He stands in the synagogue. He grabs the Old Testament scripture. And where does he read from? Right here in Isaiah chapter 61. And so, and so, throughout this series, we're going to be in Isaiah 61. If it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. And don't think that Jesus didn't know what came next in that passage that he reads there in the synagogue. Don't think he doesn't know what comes next. Join with me again, Isaiah 61. Let's keep reading where we were in verse 2. The words that Jesus just quoted in Luke chapter 4. Let's continue reading. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor in the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. This is the word of the Lord for us today. You see, of all the passages Jesus could point us to in the Old Testament, he points us to this one. And really, Isaiah 61, 3, if you're looking just at verse 3 with me, it really could be called three bad trades and a consequence. Three bad trades. Remember, the message of Easter, the message of resurrection is the message of a really bad trade. And here specifically in Isaiah 61, we see three bad trades and then a consequence. We see that we trade our ashes and in exchange... For our bologna sandwich, right? For our ashes, we get beauty. Something more beautiful than a pack of gushers, right? right? We trade our mourning. And what does he do? He gives us joy. We, we trade our despair. He gives us praise. And we trade our, our feeble and broken roots. And he makes us oaks of righteousness. So today we begin. We begin with the first part of Isaiah 61.3. Uh, beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes. Look at it again with me in verse 3. It says, it says, he will bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Now, if you were a Hebrew scholar, I'm not. 
Maybe you are. Thanks for being here, if you are, by the way. Uh, but, but if you were a Hebrew scholar, you would read Isaiah 61.3, and something would jump off the page to you that doesn't jump off the page to me. We know the Old Testament was written in Hebrew originally. It was translated. Now we get to read it into English because it's been translated into English and so many other languages. But if you look at the original language of the Hebrew, and we look at these two words, we look at these, these two words, beauty and ashes. That Hebrew word for beauty, it's called pa'er, pa'er. And it means splendor, wonder, beauty, right? That's pretty cool. But then the reason that it would jump off the page to you in Isaiah 61.3 is because the word for ashes sounds very similar. The word for beauty, again, in Hebrew is pa'er, but, but the word for ashes is afer. So, so literally, this is like Hebrew wordplay. We've been reading lots of books in our family over COVID, and my four-year-old loves to get books from the library. She thinks she's pretty cool. She gets to check them out and all that. So we've been going through some Dr. Seuss stuff. Green eggs and ham. There's a walket in my pocket, right? right? Dr. Seuss would be blushing right now as he reads Isaiah 61.3 because these words, it's, it's, it's rhyming words that would stand out to any Hebrew listening as this was written in its original language. Ashes were a sign of destruction, despair, hopelessness. Literally, in Isaiah's day, you, you would go, if you were in a season of grief, in a season of sorrow, in a season of despair, you would go and you would sit down in the midst of ashes and just sit there in the midst of your grief. That's what ashes represent. But, but now we read in Isaiah 61, verse 3, that there's a divine exchange, a bad trade happening here because we give our ashes and we get some beauty in exchange. Our destruction and, and despair can be exchanged for something beautiful, Easter, there's not a better Old Testament passage that shows us resurrection than this one. It's pointing right back to, right, pointing forward to the offer that we get on Easter, the great exchange. There's a lot of what ashes can mean. There's synonyms for it. You, you know it in your own life. Ashes can mean hopelessness. It can mean brokenness. It can mean hurt and, and woundedness. But, but there's a cousin of all of that, kind of the king of it all, and that's death. And so on this, this Easter Sunday, I want to be really specific what we're talking about. When we talk about beauty instead of ashes, we're talking about life instead of death. That this great exchange our God offers is life instead of death. That's a bad trade, isn't it? So uh, the, the reality for us is Easter is trading Friday for Sunday. It's trading death for life. It's trading buried for resurrected. And the beauty of that is because we, we were dead. There's really no other way to say it but that we were dead. We were ashes. We were dead. Ephesians chapter 2, the first five verses, the apostle Paul's going to write. And he's not going to write to just one person. He's not writing to his buddy or his pen pal. Or his, he's writing to a community of believers in Ephesians chapter 2. And he begins Ephesians 2 by saying this, you were dead. Now, I'm going I'm to read all the first three verses. But this is a great way to summarize the first three verses of Ephesians chapter 2. He's saying you, not just one person, like, hey, you back there, third row, fourth and left, you were, no, 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 you, you were dead. You were dead. Talk about ashes, right? This is what it says, though. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient, all of us. 
All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, get this, we were deserving of wrath. What does Ephesians 2 say? It says, you and I, we were dead and we deserved what? Wrath. We deserved ashes. We deserved destruction. We deserved despair. We deserved all of that because we were dead. We were dead in our sin. We, we weren't physically dead yet, but we were spiritually dead, and we were on a road to destruction, that we were separated with God because of our sin, right? Because we were sinners, we were separated from God, and because of that, what did we deserve? We deserved death. That might be hard to hear today, but it's true. We deserved death because of our sin. And that's what sin does. You know what sin does? It festers, and it corrodes, and it deteriorates, and it destroys. It brings death in your life. Today, death right now, and eternal death, separation from God. Talk about ashes. Talk about despair. Talk about feeling hopeless, right? But because of Jesus, because of Easter, that's not the end of the story. That's not the end of the story because of the day that we celebrate today. Look at Ephesians 2, verse 4 here with me. It says, but, right, you were dead. You deserved wrath. You were enemies of God, desperate and alone and hopeless. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Today, if you are in Christ, if you are in relationship with Jesus Christ, if you're finding your your hope and your purpose and your identity and your forgiveness today in Christ, then the following is true for you. You were dead, but today you are now Alive, you are now made alive. It's the greatest trade you can ever make. The perfect exchange made possible only because of Jesus. The word mercy is never mentioned in Isaiah 61, but what a beautiful picture of mercy it is, right? What what is mercy? Giving us something that we don't deserve in exchange for all of our mess and all our brokenness, beauty instead of ashes. That is mercy. And today, today, some of you, some of you are experiencing a lot of brokenness in your life. You look around and ashes might be a good way to describe your present and past reality. You may feel a little bit like Isaiah sitting in the midst of ash today. Today, I I want you to have a picture a real-life picture of, of the exchange that we're talking about today. We got to sit down in anticipation for today and talk a little bit to Lewis. Lewis uh, is a relatively new part of our church, but over this past year, he's experienced the hope of trading the ashes, the brokenness, the destruction of his present and past and experiencing the new life available in Christ. We sat down to hear his story. Check it out. Both my grandfathers, my grandfather and great-grandfather were pastors. I grew up in church, going to church every Sunday. I was part of Christmas plays and stuff like that. When drugs got a hold of my life and uh, that's just what I was feeding myself, I began to stray away from God. At the age of nine, I was uh, 
taken out of my parents' home and placed into custody. By the time I was a teenager, I would start to sell drugs and use on a regular basis. At the age of 16, I took charges for my dad uh, that landed me in prison for 24 months. And during this stint in prison, uh, my mom would pass away. Um, after I was released, I continued to spiral downward. Uh, I continued to use drugs and sell harder drugs. I was busted again, and this time I was looking at 13 years. And uh, what, during this time of being incarcerated, uh, my dad passed away, tragically, in January of 2019. Uh, I eventually was released on probation, and um, I was just bitter and full of resentment, full of, full of hatred for, you know, things that we, oats that we hadn't sowed, you know, before he passed away and, you know, just not being able to say goodbye. Um, I was at my rock bottom and uh, I was on the verge of losing my family and my sanity. Um, I resorted to a suicide attempt to keep my family and continue to be a father to my children. One night, Desperate for change, I hit my knees and asked God to come into my life and make things new. I just wasn't being completely honest with with God. And I still had a little bag with some drugs in it and a straw, and it was all ready to, as soon as this was all over with, I was ready to use again. And I just felt deeply that it was a slap in the face to God and that I, if I was really serious about this, I needed to be serious and not play. And, you know, so I hit my knees again, and I got rid of the drugs that night. I called my cousin Nathan, desperate still to change my life and to stay clean from drugs. He and his Celebrate Recovery leaders held a prayer meet that would start the process that would change my life. God was working. 24 days later, my son and I would board a plane from Kansas City to Virginia. Our family still wasn't complete. During a fishing trip to Switzer Lake, my son prayed that his mother would come to Virginia and that we would be a family. God was working. 16 days later, she would drive over a thousand miles and so we could finally be a family. On our ninth year anniversary, Pastor Margaret would marry Ashley and I at the same exact spot that Liam had prayed for his mother to come and be a family just two and a half months prior. Since I've moved up here, um, I've been able to buy a car from a dealership, which is something that I was never really interested in doing because all my money was just tied up in drug use. I've got I've got a job. I am taking the twelve step program and eventually going to be a leader in the CR. Things have just been amazing. Uh, just how quickly things started you know to work in my favor as soon as i made that choice 
to surrender and uh, that I definitely wanted a new life. And as soon as I was serious about it, all things started to fall into play. Seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness and all things will be added to you. Matthew 6.33 I'm just thankful for all the prayers that my grandparents, for CR, for the people here, for people in my family that just prayed for me and believed in me. Um, they just never gave up. Um, and I was on the verge of giving up. And... Uh, by not doing so, it's it's made all things new. Lewis said, I, I was on the verge of giving up. Some of us have been there before, haven't we? Maybe we're there today. I think Lewis is in the room. I know he's in the lobby. He's going to be with us next service. If you're here, he's in the back. Can we give a hand for resurrection in the room? That's good stuff. Praise the Lord. This is real stuff. You're, watch, be careful who you sit next to, man. There's some resurrection going on around us today that we're experiencing new life in exchange for our brokenness today. Maybe some of us, we feel like giving up today. You, you look around you and it feels like just death and destruction, ashes. And today, today maybe, maybe today you, you would be on the verge of giving up. Well, there's good news for us today. It's whatever that is today, whatever it is you're holding on to, whatever the brokenness and the pain, the death. Today, the good news is this. God, God will trade you for it. It's the message of Easter. That's the message of the cross, that Jesus Christ, he, he took our place. He took on our sin, and then, and then he overcame death, conquering the grave. So there's nothing today in our life that's too hard for him. The good news is this, is today, if, if you are in Christ, if you are in Christ, what does that mean? If you're in Christ, if you're in relationship with Jesus Christ, putting your faith and trust in him, turning from sin, walking away from living just for self, instead saying, I want to live for you, I believe that you died for me today. The good news is that if you are in Christ, there is always beauty on the other side of your ashes. Let me say that again. If you are in Christ, there is always Always, always beauty on the other side of your ashes. And today, today I believe there's one person. I believe there's one person that desperately needs the message of Easter to be a reality today in their heart. I believe there's at least one person today online in the room that desperately needs the story of Easter to not just be a story that we remember, to not just to be a good, oh, isn't that cute that that happened, but to be a present tense reality, just like Lewis, who's experiencing new life, resurrection life, the exchange of all of the ash and all of the destruction and all of the death and instead experiencing new life. I believe there's somebody today that desperately needs that to be true. And so today, I, I want to pray for that one. Church family, would you help me? Would you stand for a minute? We're going to pray. And uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time in worship on this Resurrection Sunday. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes, if you would. Why do we do that? I, sometimes we just got to remove distraction. Sometimes we just, we get so distracted, me included. And so I think it would be okay for just a minute for us to quiet our hearts, remove distraction. Today, if that's you, if you know the present 
intense reality of your life looks a lot like ashes. Brokenness, seemingly hopeless, despair, it's, just, it's death all around you. Today, if that's you, I, I'm just going to invite you to be courageous enough to put your faith not in yourself and not in your circumstances, but in Jesus, the one who paid the price to exchange all of that death for incredible life. And today, if that's you, if you're the one today that desperately needs the message of Easter to be true, I'm going to invite you with me right now. Would you just take, uh, right now, would you just physically, whatever that is, and you're just, just hold it tight in a fist right here. This is a, sometimes we outwardly, it's an outward symbol of what God's doing in our heart. And so sometimes we just got to respond like that. And I just want to invite you to have the courage to do that. If that's you today, would you just hold whatever it is, the ashes in your life, whatever pain it is, whatever hurt, whatever uncertainty, whatever fear, whatever shame from your past, would you just join me right now if that's you? Would you just hold it right here? And now we're going to do something really powerful. We're going to offer a really bad trade, an exchange. The the ashes of our life, the destruction, the death for his new life. So if that's you and you want to join me today, would you just respond by holding, holding that in the air? And all you're saying is, God, here it is. I don't know how, but I believe in faith today. You will exchange death for life my ashes for something beautiful. I don't get it, Lord. I don't get how you can, but I believe in faith that you can because the message of the cross and the message of resurrection says that you're a God who can do it. And so today, would you do it in my heart? If that's you, would you just have the courage with me right now to say, God, here I am. I want to exchange death for life. I want to exchange brokenness and pain for beauty the beauty that you have for me. God, thank you for each one. They matter to you and you see them right where they are, not where they pretend to be, but right where they are today. They can't hide from you and they don't need to because you're a God of love and of mercy. You give us not what we deserve, but what we don't deserve in your grace. You offer us because of the cross an incredible exchange. And so today we put our faith and our trust in you. We don't want to be in charge of our life anymore. God, we want you to lead and exchange somehow the death and destruction in the ash of our life and make it beautiful. God, we believe that you can and we believe that you are right now working in ways that we cannot see. Give us faith today, God, to believe that you're at work. In Jesus' name church family today. I believe some of us in the room, new life is showing up in faith, right? Well, maybe we can't see it yet, but but in faith, we believe the same God, the same God who could raise Jesus from the dead. He can raise me up, right? He can raise me from the dead. He can raise me up from the ashes of my past and give me new life. That's good news, isn't it? That's good news today, church. Let's sing. Let's celebrate. Let's worship the God who trades our ashes and make some beautiful. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. 
When you're done listening, please subscribe to this channel for the latest updates and new episodes.